Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. Hi, friends. Welcome. Today, we're talking about divorce and separation, which are not fun topics by any means, but are ones that can be very overwhelming if you're the one going through it. I was on Forbes.com and I was reading a recent article that was talking about statistics um, of divorce in 2023. So, as a country, we're still right around just below 50% of marriages that are ending in divorce, which has gone down slightly. Um, Most couples divorce at an average of eight years after getting married. And usually divorces cost right around $7,000. We're going to be discussing all of this and ins and outs in the logistics with our um, wonderful guest today. Her name is Alyssa Hodges, and she's a Kansas City-based family law and divorce attorney. She earned her law degree from the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Law, and earned a master's in tax law at Washington University, St. Louis School of Law. She has two young children herself, and she's also a published author. Uh, She was delightful to talk to. And I hope that moms going through divorce or separation or thinking about it uh, find that this episode is informative, comforting, um, and empowering. Let's get started. Hi, Alyssa. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. Absolutely. We're, we're so excited to have you on here. Obviously not like the most happy, uplifting topic, but unfortunately something that um, is very important to be informed about. Um, if you are somebody who's going through a divorce or a separation, um, we're really grateful for you taking time out of your day to kind of share some logistics of all that and your thoughts. My hope is that I can help people save a little bit of money and hopefully keep their relationships intact for their families. Yeah, that's that's great. So obviously you're a lawyer. Um, can you get a divorce without a lawyer? You can get a divorce without a lawyer. I say that with a caveat. It depends on where you live. I practice mainly in Jackson County, Missouri. And okay. in July, they just passed a new law that says we have to redact documents. Um, And they're trying to give more access to the public. So before it was really simple to get a pro se divorce. That's pro se is like if you are just a person going to the courthouse trying to file for divorce. Um, It was really simple before. Now you have to have two sets of pleadings. You have to have the ones that are redacted and then the ones that are unredacted. And a lot of people are getting tripped up on that because they don't know how to redact documents. Okay. Can you tell me what redact is? Yeah. um, So, (laughs) yes. I'm sitting here like. (laughs) What's funny about this? I know what it is, but I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I have considered offering a, like a CLE to uh-huh. attorneys on how to redact because believe it or not, it is actually really difficult. And I feel like I'm lucky because that was something I did for two years. I worked for Deloitte right out of um, law school and we had to redact documents based on various federal laws. Okay. Um, and so redacting just means you are covering up sensitive information. So VIN numbers on vehicles, account numbers on bank accounts, retirement, um, addresses for minor children, minor children's birth dates, that kind of oh, thing. Interesting. Um, so yeah, maybe at some point I will put together a, a presentation on how to do this. But there's actually there's there's a law on it, and they lay out everything that has to be redacted and people still are not, not getting it. So anyway, just a side note. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. So benefits, benefits of going through a lawyer versus not, I mean, I'm assuming if you were thinking about not using a lawyer, I'm assuming that would be because you are looking to save money. Do you feel like that would be the main motivator? I think that that's typically the main motivator. And I also think that people have a general distrust of attorneys, which I think Mm. is probably warranted to be honest with you. Sure. Um, and so they don't, they don't want people in their private business and I completely understand and respect that. Yeah. Um, when you work with an attorney who knows what they're doing, you actually save money in the long run because you don't have to try to go back and fix property issues. Um, you know, typically people refinance their house because they don't have, you know, an extra 85 grand just sitting around, mm-hmm, um, to pay mm-hmm. their spouse. So when you do that, there are some property considerations that a lot of people who are not lawyers or not familiar with real estate might not know they need to follow up on. Yeah. And so sure. trying to fix those later is actually far more expensive than if you had just worked with someone who knew what they were doing in the beginning. Kind of similar to, um, taxes in a way. Yes. Say? Like, you know, so you can do it on your own and which is all fine and good. But if you make mistakes, that could be a big, you know, issue that yes. could have been potentially avoided. So that makes sense. So why is it important to find an attorney who focuses exclusively on family law during a divorce or a separation? Just like you bring up taxes and this yeah. is a really, really great um, analogy. Mm-hmm. You can you can go to you can do your taxes on TurboTax. I was going to say, um, and it's and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it works for some people. You could probably do a pro se divorce um, by yourself if you don't have any kids and you don't have any property and you have someone willing to tell you what documents you need and how to redact them. Yeah. Um, that being said, if you are a business owner. Um, you trying to use TurboTax is a little bit difficult because your problems are a little bit more complex. Mm -hmm. So if you own properties or businesses, or you have minor children, you really need to work with an attorney because there are issues that we see all the time. We get the updates in the law, um, and you're not going to be able to, I mean, I, I don't care how smart you are. Yeah. I don't I don't think that some of the really complex property issues your 
your everyday, even entrepreneurs are able to, to figure out how do I, how do I sever this mm-hmm. business, but also make sure that I'm not liable personally for anything that my spouse may or may not have done uh, sure. with the business. So I don't know if that, I think that's a great analogy though. Yeah. You know, well, tax versus. I'm thinking of all sorts of analogies. I'm like, okay, if I'm having heart surgery, I'd rather, you know, a cardiac surgeon do it than a general practitioner, you know, somebody that yes, <laughs> knows the ins and outs, you know? Yes. Okay. Um, it's, if you don't have, if you don't have property or kids, you can probably work with someone who practices criminal defense or animal law or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you actually have some complex issues. You, you need someone who's familiar with the law and actually keeps up with it. Yeah, definitely. What's, what is the average time it takes typically to go through the divorce process? Um, it, again, it depends on what county and state you're in, but if you can do an amicable divorce by affidavit, um, meaning you wouldn't have to go to court, you just submit all of the documents with a sworn statement. Okay. You can get it done get everything filed uh, within a month. Now, whether or not the court's going to sign off on it might be a different matter. Sometimes judges have jury trials that go on and so they're extremely busy. And that's a lot of times why people are waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if if it's contested, depending on where you're at, it, it can go on for years. It can go on for two or three years. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um. How can how can people avoid unnecessary expenses and keep their legal fees as low as possible? Your attorney is not qualified to deal with your emotions. Mm-hmm. You have to work with a therapist for those things. Yeah. Um, there, I'm not even qualified to deal with my own emotions. So, <laughs> you know. I I would say to keep your your costs down when you're trying to talk to your attorney um it needs to be about hey what you know what's the next step what what are we doing with this those kinds of questions the uh-huh. how do I deal with co-parenting with a narcissist you you need to take that to your therapist your therapist that's, will is that's such a good point because you're paying hourly when you're meeting yes. with your lawyer Yes. And so maybe just keeping your focus on what your lawyer is qualified to, to actually help you with. Yes. And one other quick thing, there are parenting applications like communication apps. Mm -hmm. My favorite one is our family wizard. It, it works really well, but a lot of times when clients come to me, they'll say, well, I, I really want you to be on this account and go through all my messages. That is a terrible idea. Okay. I know that there are lots of attorneys who are like, yeah, I want access to your Our Family Wizard. Like, if I get on there, I am going to be on there for a long time and mm-hmm. I'm going to address things that you're doing that I don't, that I think you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just tr- really try to keep your attorney off of Our Family Wizard because you cannot afford for them to be on there and like coaching you through parenting. That's, um, yeah. But a lot of attorneys do it. They'll say, yeah, yeah, give me give me access. And so anyway, that's just a side note. Yeah, because you're, again, and maybe a dumb question, you're paying for that time. So if you're on looking at my wizard communications, I'm paying you for that. Right. Yeah, okay. 
Yep. 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 Okay. So if somebody is prepared, what, what can somebody do to prepare if they're thinking about filing for divorce or separation? Um, what can somebody do in that situation or before, or before even talking to an attorney? I think number one, have a conversation with your spouse because yeah. believe it or not, if you have that conversation first, you can sort of gauge the temperature of, of the situation. Are they going to, is it going to turn into a huge fight or can you guys work together? Can you use one attorney who represents one party and get everything done? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes things that you think might be a big deal to the other person might actually not be a big deal. Sure. Uh, so I think initially have that conversation then get your finances in order. Um, make sure you you know what bank accounts are out there, uh, what debts you all have, um, any property issues that maybe your spouse isn't aware of. Um, that happens a, a lot, actually. People will go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize we had this credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, so bring those things up because if you bring them up, with an attorney, it's just, it will be far more expensive for everyone involved. Sure. Um, So try to do, basically try to get done what you can get done before you even go to an attorney. Absolutely. Try to get organized maybe a little bit. Yep. That's good. So what can you define? What does legally separated mean? So legally separated is where you are, you're still married. So that means um, the other person has um, oh, and I should say I'm coming at this from Missouri law, so it okay, may be sure. different in, in other states. But um, you can still claim one another on taxes, so it it helps with finances. Okay. Um, you'll still have um, health insurance, um, and sometimes people people will actually convert their separation into a dissolution, um, or vice versa. So it's basically where you're, you are just, you're separating yourself from this person, but there are still some ties that have to do with maybe a business or finances, um, health issues, kids, those kinds of things. Okay. So you, you can't, you can't get remarried to someone until you're divorced, right? Yeah. So, so that's one that's one distinction, but yeah, you still have some ties. You're just not completely tied to that person, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And if, can you go from married to divorced? Is that, or is it? Oh yeah. Married, absolutely. separated, divorced. Yeah. No, some people don't, don't bother with legal separation. They okay. Just say, I, I want to get divorced. Um, sure. And there okay. are times too, where we call it um, bifurcating, basically saying we're going to separate the property issues from the custody. Like maybe the parties already have a parenting plan set out that works for them, but we have some serious property issues. So sometimes we can ask the court to bifurcate those issues and just get, um, 
you know, one thing settled and then move on to the next thing. So, okay. I don't know if that created more questions. No, no, it's it's just fascinating. And I feel like I'm learning all this legal jargon. I'm just going to be like, you know, if you bifurcate that, you know, maybe that would help you. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. Um, Is there, um, I think this is a really common question and I'm, I'm hoping kind of like we said at the very beginning, um, I feel like this is, I, I hope this is really helpful to our listeners because I'm in, I don't know, 75,000 um, mom groups, local mom groups on Facebook. And I feel like if I had a dollar for every time one of these questions have been asked in a group, um, I would be rich because these types of questions come up so often. And one of them that I feel like I see a lot of um, moms or women asking is, is there a benefit to being the one to file for separation or divorce first? Yes. And so, again, does that does that depend on state as well? I would assume that is state specific. It might even okay. be county specific, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, but in where I mainly practice in Missouri, it's there isn't really a huge benefit to it, other than you you're the one who knows that it's coming. You see mm-hmm. it happening, but it isn't. I mean, the other thing is, and this is just a practical. Point, but at trial, the petitioner is the one who presents their case first, and then the respondent is the one who presents their case next. Okay. So that might actually be, you know, do you want to be the party that has the last word, or do you want to be the one who sets the tone for how the story goes? What do you think um, about that, just as a lawyer? Do you have a personal thought on, would you recommend somebody to file first, or... Or can you even answer that question? (laughs) When it comes to litigation, I am a control freak and Uh I would much rather (laughs) be the petitioner just because it's frustrating sometimes when I realize that the person who filed the case, you know, didn't do, didn't request maintenance properly or didn't plead something properly. And then we have to amend it. Uh So, um, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm, I kind of want to be the one making sure that the ship is headed in the right direction. Sure. Sure. No, that makes, that, that does make sense. But obviously, you know, in these situations, you know, I guess people don't always have control over that, but if somebody's thinking about that, there's benefit to being the one to file. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. Switching gears just a little bit to um, child custody. So what, what considerations should be given to, child custody discussions? I am again going to answer this from the perspective of Missouri law. We just had a major change in the law. um, And we're still, there there are going to be some kinks there for a while with different judges interpreting the language and trying to figure out what the legislative intent was. But Mm -hmm. basically... We are now saying we've sort of codified what everyone did before, meaning like put into writing when judges look at a case, they have to go. There's a presumption that this should be 50-50. Mm-hmm. Mom should get 50% of the parenting time and dad should get 50% of the parenting time. Mm-hmm. What this change did is it said if there has been a pattern of domestic violence, mm. meaning not just one incident, but a pattern. Sure. Um, 
then that can be used to rebut that 50-50 presumption, meaning the court could say, well, based on the violence here, you know, this party should get 30% of the time, this party should get 70% of the time, or there needs to be supervised visitation or whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, that has been a huge change. And so I would say when you are thinking about your parenting plan from the get go, you need to think, are there, are we going to have allegations of abuse and neglect Mm -hmm. um, come up? Because if you do, depending on where you're at, you need to think about a guardian ad litem. A guardian ad litem is the attorney that represents the kids in the court and they investigate and they are actually a party to the case, meaning they, they are actually supposed to, there's case law that says the court cannot rely on their statements unless they are sworn. So the guardian ad litem is actually supposed to testify at trial. Otherwise, the court is not supposed to, well, I shouldn't say that. They should testify at some point, whether okay. it's you know on an affidavit. It has to be a sworn statement. On behalf so, of the kids. Yes. Okay. And that being anybody under 18. That's Can, correct. Okay. Are there, okay. Yeah. So many questions. So many. <laughs> like stay I know. Track. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so trying really not to create more questions. I know. But. I know. Um, okay. So yeah, that's very helpful. Um, can you have, so if you're going through the divorce process, can you have a parenting plan in place while that, cause I know you said sometimes that can take, you know, years, hopefully not, but it can. So in the meantime, can you have a parenting plan in place? And what does that look like? Yes, you can. And actually another change that came from that statute being revised is that courts are now encouraged to do temporary orders. Okay. Um, and before they hated it, they, were, they didn't want to do, they didn't basically want to have two trials. They didn't want to have a temporary hearing and then do trial down the road. Sure. So now they're being encouraged to go ahead and do temporary orders. So what I would say is go ahead and, and that's part of that first conversation you have with your spouse. Hey, let's look at your work schedule. You know, are you uh, working in an ER? Are you a nurse? Mm-hmm. Are you someone who works overnight, has a weird schedule? Mm-hmm. Um, and try to work together on those things because, again, you as parents know better. Um, what your schedule is and how your kids will be affected than any attorney mm-hmm. um, or judge. So I would say start start having a conversation early on about what you want your parenting time to look like. Um, there are forms out there. Some of them are garbage, but at, mm-hmm. at least you mm-hmm. at least you can start having the conversation before you even get to um, an attorney or the court. Sure. So along those lines, what happens when parents can't agree on a parenting plan? Then what? If parents can't agree and there is a guardian ad litem, they will make a recommendation. And typically the courts fall, not always, but typically the court will follow that recommendation. Um, If there is not a guardian ad litem, you try to get a mediator involved, which is a neutral 
third party Mm -hmm. that sits down with the parties and says, Hey, let's try to work this out. Um, And there are some really great mediators out there. And then there are some mediators that um, I think they, you know, they're just trying to push the case Mm -hmm. along and check a box. Um, And sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to do that because one or both parties just are not being reasonable. And there's nothing that the the mediator can do about that. Um, So that being said, I, I think that if the parents can't agree, then you try another attorney. And mm-hmm. if they still can't agree, that's when you basically have to go to trial or have a hearing. Okay. 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 So the goal is to keep it out of a courtroom, correct? The goal for everyone should be to keep it out of a courtroom, Um I am saying this because if your attorney is telling you we really should go to trial on this um, and everyone else, including a mediator, the GAL, everyone else is saying you should not take this to trial, you should settle this, what that attorney is trying to do is make more money. Okay. Um, that's a good That's a good little tip there. Yeah. yeah. Like a if, red flag, right? Yep. If everyone is saying this needs to settle – and nobody is saying, hey, this is completely contrary to what the law is. Um, Judges have a tendency to do things that neither party will like. Mm -hmm. Um, For Mm -hmm. example, I have seen judges order supervised time for one party, but then have the other party pay for it. Um, And, you know, Neither, neither parent is happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you can, the goal, my opinion is the goal is to keep it out of court unless you know that the law says something that's very clear, meaning the higher courts, the Supreme court of Missouri or whatever state you're in has already said here's the deal with this and nobody seems to understand that, then, you know, that's, that's a reason to go to to trial. That's a valid reason. Okay. Can you give an example of that? Like what's something that people just like are not understanding? So this new, this new change with the law is frustrating for many reasons, but Mm -hmm. one is that a lot of the courts are misinterpreting it. So rather than reading it as, if there is domestic violence, you may rebut the parenting time, the presumption of 50-50. They're reading it as you must. You okay. must rebut it. Um, I have heard people say that they don't think that settlement agreements, meaning the parents coming to the court with um, a parenting plan that they've already agreed upon, they're reading it as, well, the court can't even sign off on that if they have found out that there is any pattern of domestic violence, which again, that's not what the statute says. It says may not must. Okay. Um, okay. So those are, those are the kinds of, and this is like the super nerdy thing that people are like, who, you know, who cares, but it really does affect, it affects families. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, um, sure. Sure. Definitely. Okay. So why, why is it important to visit your estate planning documents during divorce or separation? And I guess that would only apply if you have estate planning documents, 
correct? <laughs> correct. Okay. Yeah. Listen, and we, if you, we just did this a few years ago, finally. Yeah. It's, it's really important to, I would say, you know, every three to five years, go back and look and see, and, and your attorney probably will contact you if there have been any major changes in the law. Mm-hmm. But usually, um, most people don't think about it. And then you're going through a divorce and crazy things happen. People get into car accidents. People um, get sick, are in comas. And then suddenly someone has to take care of all of your bills, the kids, your business. If you haven't prepared those documents ahead of time, that will be your ex that you are currently in litigation with. So... (laughs) Yeah. So it, unless you are okay with that person making those decisions for you, yeah, yeah, it, are you okay with this person having uh, medical power attorney or right? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, so that's. I just try to encourage people, and maybe maybe you get along well with them, and that's great. That just is not. That's not the typical situation. So make sure you. You don't want to be that one person who becomes a story of I got. I was in a car wreck during my divorce and my Mm -hmm. spouse changed a bunch of things about my life while I was in a coma. So that would be a lifetime movie. It would. Yeah. Be a great lifetime movie. I'm sure it has been probably already. It's probably already out there. They've probably done that a few times (laughs) (laughs) with the same four people mixed up. Yes. Characters. Oh my gosh. Um, Oh my gosh, Alyssa, this has been such great information. Um, anything that I like didn't ask or cover that you feel like is really important for women to know um, just about this topic? I would say this is a moment in time. So yeah. even if the judge gets it wrong and you have to appeal your case or whatever, um, I'll just tell you, I've seen some really, really, really horrible things um, that have happened. And I have seen, um, it, it take a while to get a court to say, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. Um, that being said, your kids are with you, um, not just until they're 18, but they're going to grow up. They're going to have kids of their own. So your, your job doesn't stop when they're, adults, you know, so just keep in mind, this is, this is a moment in time. Make sure that the decisions that you're making are decisions that you want to look back on Mm -hmm. five, 10, 20 years down the road and be proud of. Yeah, that's great. That's really great advice and perspective. Um, I feel like for saying personally, friends of mine that have gone through this process, I know in the beginning it can be so overwhelming, um, to the point of like paralysis, like, where do you start? Who do you call? Where do you, what advice would you give as far as like, what's step number one? Like, step where, number how do you one, find a lawyer? I mean, obviously we'll, I'll share your information, of course. Um, but depending on where people live, um, what do you do first? Like, what would be step number one for a mom in this position? Find someone who has gone through what you're about to go through. Yeah. Who is who is doing it well. They're able to co-parent regardless of how crazy the the other co-parent is. <laughs> yes. Um 
and ask them, how did, how did you do this? What would you have done differently? I really need some support. Yeah. Um, because people are far more willing to help others than we give them credit for. Yeah. Um, and anybody who has been through this even one time, um, knows what they would, what they wish had gone down differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so reach out to those people, you know, maybe crowdsource, talk to a few different people and say, Hey, which attorneys would you recommend? Which would you stay away from? What can I do to prepare before I even talk to them? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the perfect place to start. And then back to the basics, you know, make sure you're journaling, make sure you're sleeping, yeah. uh, eat regularly, take walks, um, mm-hmm. all of those things that we think, Oh, I'll, I'll do that. Eventually mm-hmm. you cannot afford during this part of your life to not, um, be taking care of your physical health. That's yeah. That's really good. Alyssa, thank you so much. This has been a wealth of information and I know without a doubt, this will definitely help lots and lots of women that are listening. So thank you so much. And thanks for all you do to support moms. Yes. Thank you. I really enjoyed our chat. <laughs> yes, and, awesome. um, yes. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.